when the eye doctor sat back, he clasped his hands together and he's like, okay, this is looking like optic neuritis. And I didn't know what that was. And I was like, oh, great. Give me the drops. Let's go. We're done. Then he just kept sitting there and looking at me. I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to know? And he was wonderful, actually, as the person to say, okay, this is MS. And I think I was so relieved it wasn't a brain tumor that I was just, okay, what do we got to do? Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings. This is the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Koloskowski, and I'm here today with our special guest, Sherry Short. Hi, Sherry, and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. You do so many things, but today's focus is going to be on the diagnosis of MS. And I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit, maybe what was physically wrong with you that caused you to see a doctor and begin your own journey for MS? Sure. I had had odd leg pains for years. Uh, I couldn't uh, stand next to a desk and press my leg against the desk without pain. And it had become a bit of a medical mystery tour for me in terms of what different doctors thought it was. And then I just gave up on it and just lived with the pain. I became a runner, which actually helped because I wasn't in pain when I was running. And it was in the summer of 2008 that while running, I started to have some pain in my left eye shortly after the run. The pain subsided, but I spent two weeks seeing floaters in my eyes, well, the left side, and then gradually having vision loss. So I ended up in an urgent care center and then sent to the ER and then sent to an emergency eye doctor appointment in which the eye doctor was able to demonstrate for me i Definitely had vision loss, definitely had colorblind in the left eye, and gave me a heads up that it's a hallmark symptom of multiple sclerosis, of which I knew very little about, except the president in the West Wing had. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was that. He got me a neurologist appointment pretty quickly, and it, the neurologist got me an MRI approval pretty quickly. So for the MS diagnosis itself, I think that my story is a little bit weird because it was a really quick turnaround. They had all the information they needed pretty quickly. A neuroradiologist himself was at my MRI appointment. It was just kind of a stroke of concierge services that people pulled together for me that got me the diagnosis. But it it wasn't until then that we had any idea that that would be related to the all sorts of weird stuff that had been going on in my body for years. It's just it finally presented itself in a way that they could diagnose with the optic neuritis. I think you're touching there, Sherry, on a common theme that all of us have is hindsight. When we look back, Mm -hmm. it's like when you were saying, oh, gee, isn't everyone tired? Oh, gee, isn't everyone dizzy? Doesn't everyone have numbness and tingling from carpal tunnel or back problems or whatever? And the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. We we had that with my neurologist when my husband met my neurologist, the first neurologist that I saw. He said, Sherry, tell me some things that are weird about you. And my husband just cracked up because he's like, you want the list in alphabetical order? Like, it was just such a funny question. But we had answers. I was like, okay, if I stand in a hot shower, I'm freezing. Like, there were just so many things. 
And I think that's really important for people to keep track. When you say you had a list, was that a mental list or had you physically been writing things down to keep track of it? No, it was pretty much a mental list. And I'm sure that when I sought out different specialists over the years, you know, it made its way into documentation, but no one ever connected the dots. Now, you know, as a medical professional yourself, since you're a developmental psychologist, you're familiar with that thing called differential diagnosis. Mm. Did the physicians at any time suggest anything other than MS to you, or was it so clear cut to them that they didn't feel they had to look at other possibilities? So with the actual diagnosis of the MS, it was, it was quite clear cut. It was all the times I'd seen people before the optic neuritis presented itself that I heard a range of things. I was asked what kind of trauma I've had in my life that would be giving me the symptoms that I'm having, or, you know, is it, is it some other type of immunocompromised situation? I, they pretty much just asked me all sorts of questions, none about MS uh, for years. And I'm, you know, happy and privileged to say I didn't come from any trauma. It was just truly unexplained pain in my legs. With the actual MS diagnosis, once I had the optic neuritis, it, very straightforward. However, I did go get a second opinion with a neurologist, and that neurologist said, there are other tests I want to run just to rule out some of the things that MS might mimic, but this looks to me like MS, and it was. I believe you said you were not familiar with multiple sclerosis before this journey started. No, I mean, I knew, I knew kids read books for it in third grade, and you know, I knew how to read a thon. I knew it had a 5K. And I knew that President Bartlett had it on a show. And if he could run the country, I was going to be okay. You know? See, I, I find it amazing that for a million people in this country to have multiple sclerosis, but so many people say, I didn't know anyone who had MS until I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. That, that, that there's such a sense of isolation with us, even though we should not be isolated. Oh, upon my diagnosis, when I did start to share my news, there were certain people who thought I had muscular dystrophy just because when they heard multiple sclerosis, that's what they translated into their heads. Like, oh, you have that thing that Jerry Lewis did a telethon for. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. No. no, I am not one of Jerry's kids. Yeah. yeah I'm not one of Jerry's kids. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. So, so from start to finish, it sounds like your diagnosis really went pretty quick. It really did. And uh, I feel very fortunate about that because I had, with the vision loss, with the sudden vision loss, I had convinced myself that, oh, this must be a brain tumor. And I was very relieved to find out quite quickly that it was not. But then I had not considered what else it could be. When the eye doctor sat back, he clasped his hands together and he's like, okay, this is looking like optic neuritis. And I didn't know what that was. And I was like, oh, great. Give me the drops. Okay. Let's go. Uh-huh. Like we're done. <laughs> and then he just kept sitting there and looking at me. I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to know? And he was, he was, he was wonderful actually as the person, uh, very compassionate and empathic to say, okay, this is, you know, hallmark of MS. And there's a lot of people walking around with MS that you don't even know. And there's a lot of people who have a range of symptoms and we're just going to get you into a neurologist and let's just let's move this forward. I think I was so relieved it wasn't a brain tumor that I was just, okay, what do we got to do? Yeah, and if it's of any interest, I think it's noteworthy that of the interviews I've done so far, you are at least the sixth person 
who has put brain tumor on their radar as a possible diagnosis, either did it themselves yeah. or or their medical team said it could be a brain tumor or it could be a mouse. So people who are panicked about that thought about a brain tumor, you know, weigh the differences here, folks, MS or brain tumor. Absolutely. Yeah. So for people who might be at some stage on this diagnosis journey for MS, do you have any advice or suggestions that they might take to heart in their own journey? Well, I would hope that whoever you are asking your medical questions to is somebody that you feel is a match in your temperament. You know, do they understand you? Do they get your sense of humor? Do they fully answer your questions? I, I'd want there to be trust in, the, in, in who you're having the conversation with. There are going to be other healthcare providers out there. And they could come in many forms. They could be a physician assistant. They could be a, a nurse practitioner. doesn't necessarily have to be a neurologist, but somebody who listens and somebody who trusts that, you know, you're on a journey to figure something out as opposed to, oh, the body is strange. You know, I mean, my God, I heard that, you know, oh, but, you know, the, the, the mind controls the you pain and all these things when really I needed somebody to look under the hood. And I found that once I had the diagnosis, I found that my provider, my, my neurologist that I, I see now, uh, she's my one and my one and only. I trust her and her implicitly. And so I can hear things in the news and friends and family can graciously share uh, emails with me of what they've just learned or what just came out or what they just heard about. But, but she's my guide. And having that one person to trust and knowing that, you know, I've met others that I didn't, so I know what I was looking for was really helpful to me. I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> oh, and it does. So there you have it, folks. If you're listening to this podcast, you're hearing it from Sherry Short, who says, be sure to find a physician or a medical staff member who's willing to look under the hood and understand the entire person and your experience and not just accept what is said to you and think you have no alternatives in your treatment decisions. So Sherry, do you have any particular projects you would like to plug or tell us about? <laughs> I'm happy to say that I created this character called the crazy cane lady. Um, and I wrote letters to different entities like dear hotels or dear Broadway theaters, all about ways in which they are not necessarily accommodating to people who need a bathroom quite quickly or walk with a cane. And that is a character that I'm continuing to build out and hopefully focus on more in my writing. I did a series of letters for MS Awareness Month, not this year, but last year. And uh, I will continue to do that. I, it's it, To me, to be creative with this has been very, very helpful. So my projects are really more for me than anybody else, but I've been so thrilled to hear that they've helped other people. Well, thank you very much for sharing that as well. And there you have it. Look up Crazy Cane Lady and Sherry Short. <laughs> and for everyone, have a great day. 